everyone. Welcome back. Once again, this is a very disturbing video. Pretty much all the stories are very dark and disturbing. From child abuse to sexual abuse, every story in here is pretty dark and disturbing. Which is why I don't really feel like it's necessary to put a trigger warning on each story. Just because this video as a whole is just messed up. So yeah, if you don't want to hear stories like that at all, just skip the whole video. All that being said, if you have a dark and disturbing story that you would like to share as well, you can send it at southerncannibal.com. Please be respectful to the people who sent these stories down in the comments. These stories are really dark, and I'm sure it wasn't easy to write these up and send them. So be nice. All that being said, let's get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. For privacy reasons, I'll be leaving out real names. The story is quite long since it was a lot of my childhood. For a little context, I'm a male and my parents divorced when I was five years old, so I would go back and forth in between houses. So when I was 11 years old, my dad got a new girlfriend who I'll call Emma. Emma was a very jealous person, and she always wanted my dad's attention, and she would even get mad at him for spending too much time with me. This led to me being neglected, and I was never given much attention from my dad. I was neglected so much that I wouldn't be able to shower or have clean clothes, and I lived with maggots and flies everywhere. I always smelled and looked awful every time I'd go back to my mom's house, but everything would get much worse when I started middle school. I remember that around this time I started being sexually abused by my father. Almost every night that I was with him he would come into my room after his girlfriend was asleep, get in bed with me and then make me lay on my stomach. He would then pull down my pants, pull up my shirt, and then proceed to assault me and touch me all over my body. At first, I resisted, and I would tell him I was tired and had school, so we both needed to go to bed, but he never stopped. Sometimes he would even fall asleep in my bed while touching me. This went on for over a year, and so eventually, I became numb. I was an angry, bitter kid and I really hated everyone around me, including myself. Being neglected so much by my father made me crave approval from everyone around me, so anytime a teacher or any adult got upset with me, it was like it was the end of the world for me. One day it all became way too much. I ended up stealing a razor blade from my grandparents' shop and I took it home. This was the first time I ever self-harmed and it was so relieving. It was like I was getting my anger out and really punishing myself at the same time. My mom found out about it a few days later, and she burst into tears and yelled, How could you do this to me? I had to tell my therapist about my self-harm, and I was also watched carefully for a while. Eventually, it died down, but the sexual abuse never stopped. One day when I was in the seventh grade, which is the second year of middle school where I live. I was at my dad's house and getting ready to go to sleep when I heard yelling coming from my dad in his girlfriend's room. At first, I thought they were yelling at the neighbors to be quiet, but I soon realized they were fighting. 
I came out of my bed after about a minute of yelling, and I saw my dad had his girlfriend pinned down to the bed, and he was beating her. I then ran back to my room as fast as I could, and I pushed up against my door, since my door had no handle or any way of locking, or even closing it completely. I then put a towel in the hole where the handle used to be, and I prayed to God that he wouldn't try to come into my room. My dad hadn't realized that I had seen him, and he then let go of his girlfriend, and then banged on my door, yelling at me to come out. I pushed against my door with all my might, and sobbed as his girlfriend called the police. By the time the police got there, I was sitting on the side of our apartment complex, still sobbing. I was being questioned, and I was eventually taken to my grandmother's house, since my mom was an hour away and couldn't come get me. My dad and his girlfriend broke up after that, but he never got in trouble for what he did because he claimed to be the victim, saying that she had hit him. Even to this day, I still don't know how he didn't get in trouble with the police at all. When I was 14, I finally told my mom all about the sexual abuse, and she called CPS. I told a social worker everything, down to every disgusting detail. I actually cried my eyes out while telling her, and all she had to say to me was, Well, what were you wearing? She asked a child who had just opened up about a sexual trauma what he was wearing, implying that I did something to make it happen. I was appalled and absolutely offended by this comment. Eventually she came back, and she questioned me again, asking me why I didn't say anything for two whole years. I explained that for a long time I had blocked it out, and I didn't want to believe my own father had done something like that to me. But she didn't believe me, and actually dropped the case thinking I was lying about it. My dad to this day still isn't registered as a sex offender, and he's labeled by the court to be a fit parent. I still suffer from self-harm and I've attempted to take my life once. I'm now healing, but these events still haunt me. Thank you all for listening to my story, and if you think you're being abused or harassed in any way, please report it, or at least tell someone who can. Stay safe, everyone, and remember that you do deserve love and happiness. As for my father, karma's a bitch. I want to start off by saying that this was years ago so my memories of everything that happened is a bit blurry. I also want to put a trigger warning about rape and sexual assault. I want to start off and say that I'm a 15-year-old girl, about to turn 16 in a few months. I'm a Latina female with dark brown eyes, really dark brown hair, and I have light skin. My first memory of my trauma started off when I was 6 to 7 years old. I was starting kindergarten, and I was really just a quiet little girl. I never spoke out for myself, so overall I was a pretty innocent and normal child. I don't remember when exactly this happened, but I would say this was a warm month, and I had just gotten home from school. I also want to mention that I lived with my mom, two sisters, baby brother, and two uncles. This is an important detail. I lived in a ranch in a trailer, and we had a stable closest to a lake, which we had next to our house, and an abandoned house full of toys. So in my trailer, we had five rooms. 
Me and my sisters had the biggest room where we had a bathroom, and next to our room was Uncle One's room. One room goes to Uncle Two, and another goes to my mother, and then the last room was just a mini storage room. Now that the layout's out of the way, back to the story. Okay, so I was just getting home from school. I had ran home and beat my sister getting home, so I was now alone with Uncle One. This uncle was known to be creepy, but I didn't understand that at the time. Again, I was six to seven. Uncle One had asked me to go to his room to play games. Quotation on games. So I followed him into his room not thinking much about it, to which now I understand was a big mistake. So once we get inside his room, he had asked me to kiss him, but not any normal uncle and niece kiss. The sick fucking pedophile had asked me to kiss him on the lips. He forced me to kiss him and literally take off my clothes. He then pins me to the bed and I tried screaming and I was really scared and confused. He was then covering my mouth with his hands. This man was about six foot one and in his mid thirties. When he was pinning me to the bed, I couldn't breathe, causing me to black out. When I later woke up, I was on my uncle's bed and I had no memory of why I was there until I felt something hard going into my butt. Again, he was still covering my mouth and I was just sobbing while he was hurting me down there. Everything else is pretty blurry and I don't want to make things too graphic, so I apologize for that. After he was finished, I found my voice again and then started screaming. At this time, my mom was in the shower. I'm pretty sure that my mom had quickly gotten changed and I then ran out of his room. I ran out of the room fully naked, to which my mom then asked me what happened. I just ran crying, trying to explain, but my uncle shut me down, acting all worried and stuff, and my mom believed him over me then scold me for being naked. I thought this was only going to happen once, but damn how wrong I was. Three other incidents happened that same year, and I found out that that same fuck was also sexually assaulting my little sister. I was so pissed, and I started telling her about what had been happening to me as well. My oldest sister overheard and demanded to know what we were talking about. We told her, and then she went and told my mother. The cops were called and everything kind of became a blur after that. I don't even remember if he got arrested or if he ran away. All I know is that we moved away after that, and I haven't seen him to this day. To this day, I still have nightmares about it and awful breakdowns just thinking about it. I really suffer with severe depression and anxiety. It's really hard in this cruel, cold world. I also tried committing suicide once, but I stopped myself because I was thinking about my family, as well as my friends and now boyfriend, who helps me get through these things every day. He truly is my world, and he's a very helpful gentleman. Before I end this story, I want to say if you're going through a similar trauma, please, please tell a trusted adult. Please tell someone before things get even worse. I know how hard it is, but please, even if they threaten you, please tell someone.
this is probably the single most terrifying moment in my life that really had the potential to be dangerous. Very dangerous. I have other stories that on paper sound much more terrifying and thrilling, but for me, this is the worst one of all. For starters, to understand my story best, you need to understand my life up to that point. My mother was a very sheltered and naive woman and a new college student, the kind that is far too innocent for an adult world. There she had met a man and began dating. All too soon, my mother was dropping out of school and marrying him, not because she wanted to, but because she was pregnant and thought that she had to. They had lost that first baby, and he was a stillborn. A year later, I came along. About a year after that, my first sister arrived. Our father was not a nice man, and he only grew worse as time went on. I could spend hours in little stories of things that man has done. Shortly after my fourth birthday, my mom had packed up my sister and I, and we left. More than just left, we ran as fast as we could. My mom filed for divorce and got a restraining order. He did try to find us, but the local cops of our new town put the fear of God in him, and he was way too scared to ever come back. Say what you will about the police, but I was so thankful for their aggression that day, making sure a mom and her two little girls were safe from a very dangerous man. Unfortunately, though, he got visitation rights. At first, they were monitored, but after a few years, he fought for and got the rights for longer unsupervised visits. Things only got worse from there. He got really angry over many things. My mom remarried when I was six years old to the most wonderful man ever. I started calling him dad from the moment they were engaged. When I was seven years old, my biological father also got remarried. I never called her mom though, and this made him very angry. Every time it came up, an argument would start, and it always ended with me being locked in the backyard until bedtime, with no food and no water. I also got yelled at if I tried to hide in the shade. I've been asked before, why didn't you tell anyone what he was doing? Well, that's because I really didn't know what he was doing was wrong. I knew I didn't like it, but I didn't realize that there were things adults weren't allowed to do to children. I didn't want to tell my mom and stepdad that I did something that got me in trouble, because that might give me in even more trouble. Or so I thought. Out of everything, the last time I ever saw him was the worst time. I know I have missing spots in my memory, but nothing quite like this. He was upset by something again. I can't remember what. Typically, I either said something that I shouldn't have, or I broke something as I was a very clumsy child. A go-to punishment for me was to lock my sister on the hot water heater closet. At that age, doing something mean to me made me cry, but doing something mean to my sister made me absolutely distraught. I would beg and sob for him to let her out, apologize for anything and everything that I could think of, and not stop until I had either passed out from exhaustion or my sister was then let out. Well, then he took it one step further. He left her in there and then dragged me sobbing to the car. He started to drive, saying things like, I'm taking you back to your mom. 
Seeing as you want that other guy as your dad, I'm giving you to him and keeping your sister. Your sister's going to stay in that closet until you come get her on your next visit. If you hate me so much, you can't call me dad anymore. Stop crying. This is your fault. I know now it was just words that he wouldn't have been able to do any of that and get away with it. He only did things that he thought he could get away with, but my child's mind didn't know this. Especially because then, and even now, there isn't a draught in my mind that even if he wasn't planning to do something so horrible, he was fully capable of doing much worse. I screamed, begged, and pleaded, and I tried to bargain for my sister's life. I couldn't sit properly in the seat out of pure desperation as I then tried everything I could think of. I promised to be good. I promised to stay with them if he let my sister go. I promised to never break anything, and I also promised to only call him dad. I didn't notice it at the time, but looking back now, he was enjoying watching me as I steadily grew more and more unhinged. He denied everything I said, telling me I was lying to him, telling more of the things that he would do to my sister when I was gone, telling me I would never see her again. You need to understand that my sister was truly the most important thing to me in the world. She still is very dear to me. This sick, demented man just smiled as I screamed louder and louder. He just kept on driving, saying it was a little too late to turn back for her, and I would have to convince my mom to come take my sister back once we were there. My head was spinning with thoughts that my sister would starve to death on that closet before we ever made it to rescue her. I was so overcome with desperation and fear that I could actually feel my sanity slipping away from me, and then suddenly everything went black. We were then parked in front of my biological father's house. I don't know how we got there. My mom's house was eight hours away, and if we were heading there, how would we be back at his house? Again, now I know he was driving around the city and not actually to my mom's. He was getting out of the car with McDonald's. I don't even remember stopping at McDonald's, and it wasn't in the car when we left. In a daze, I got out of the car too, and then followed him into the house. I felt like I was watching what was all around me, but not actually in control of my body. His wife opened the front door and asked, Why is she crying like that? I didn't even realize it until she said that that I had tears just pouring down my face silently. He just muttered quickly, I don't know, then going into the house without meeting anyone's eye. Then the best thing ever could have happened. My sister popped her head out of the door to look for me. My stepmother must have let her out of the closet. Relief then washed over me. My sister was fine. She was okay. She wasn't still in that awful closet, and she wasn't hurt. I just held on to her as tight as I could while I sobbed. She looked very confused at first, then worried. We went back into the house to eat. The rest of the stay is fuzzy, and then again, that strange feeling of everything going black. While typing this out, I suddenly remembered walking to my mom's car as my stepdad was yelling at my biological father. I don't know what it was about. I just remember wanting to leave, and the sun was way too hot. My next memory is being in my mom's car. It was now dark out. 
My mom was holding my shaking sister in the front seat of the car while my stepdad drove. I was prattling on about something, as happy as a clam, as if nothing bad had ever happened to me in my life. College shock, but that's how I dealt with trauma. If I acted like it didn't happen, then it couldn't hurt me anymore. We never saw that evil, sick man ever again, and a year later, my stepdad legally adopted my sister and I. He's the best dad in the entire world. You couldn't pay me enough to not be his daughter. It's been a long road to recovery, but I'm actually okay now, not just pretending to be. If you don't like what's happening to you, please speak up. Tell your friends, your teachers, a doctor, hell, even the police. No one should ever have to just accept abuse as if it were normal. It's not normal. Please get yourself out of there. When I submitted the last story, it really was like I was reliving the events. It's honestly really hard to type these out. Just thinking about my past gives me flashbacks for days to come. My childhood was a living nightmare that I thought would never end, as I've said before. I know that some of the comments said how these events were not real and fake. Honestly, I truly wish they were, but they're not. I know that when you're not abused as a child, it's really hard to picture some of the horrors that some of us go through. But sadly, all of this is true. I really didn't know if I would share another one, but here I am. It really felt good hearing it. And once again, I'm going to be including the real names and towns, as I want these people to hear it. I want my old so-called friends to know what an animal and monster that that woman is. My mother. Here's my story. I'll start it the same way I did as last time. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, in a town of 400 people. My parents were extreme, God-loving people. My mother was an absolute lunatic about God and rules. The people in the town I grew up in would call her Lunatic Lynette. Some of the neighbors would hear our screams, and rather than helping us or reaching out to see if we were okay whenever their kids would see us, they would just say, How's Lunatic Lynette doing these days? While laughing, I never felt safe, never felt loved. I never felt like anyone would even care to help us when I tried to tell my family about the abuse. Numerous times I was called a liar and I got severely beaten by Lynette as soon as they were home. This event in question happened during the summer of 1997. I was seven years old. My mother had me, my little sister, and little brother in the house and we hadn't been allowed outside in five days or so. We were only allowed to play in our rooms alone. We were not allowed downstairs. Lynette and my father John were fighting yet again. They would yell at each other for hours at a time, morning, noon, and night. My father and his family who lived about three blocks away had owned a bar that had apartments above the bar, so he would usually end up going to those apartments at night escaping the lunatic. Lucky him. He worked for the state as well, and he tried his best, I guess, but I'll never forgive him. He knew what she was doing to us, but if it would ever have come to light, his reputation would have been ruined. 
Anyways, my father was gone, and I wanted to play with toys with my little brother or sister. So I thought maybe if I was quiet enough, I could bring a few toys to one of their rooms and we could play quietly. So I gathered up a Barbie, a small car, and a stuffed animal, and then crept out into the hallway. We lived in a three-story house, and all of his kids were on the top floor. It was an old house, so the floors would creak anytime you walked on them. I was so lonely, and I just wanted some company. I didn't care. I slowly walked into my little brother's room. He looked up from reading his Bible, and had smiled. He was just as alone and as sad as I was. We quietly sat on the ground and began playing with the toys. I remember we were having fun and starting to get louder, not even noticing that, until we heard the animal stopping up the stairs. We both looked at each other with pure fear in our eyes. Lynn swung the door open so hard that it slammed against the wall and made us both jump. She grabbed me by my hair and then drug me down the stairs while screaming. How dare you disturb your little brother today? On a day when I'm bleeding like a stuffed pig. What the hell's the matter with you? I know. It sounds so fucked up, right? Imagine having that screamed at you as a seven-year-old little girl who didn't even have any clue what a period was. She drug me all the way down to the living room, still holding me by my hair, and then yanked me all the way down to the basement. She picked me up and then dropped me on the hard cement floor. My legs had bent outwards when she dropped me. She then started kicking me in the stomach. I then rolled over to protect myself. She then started non-stop punching and kicking my backsides all over. She grabbed me by my hair yet again, then tightly covered my nose and mouth with one hand, and everything just started to fade into black all around me. She eventually let go of my face, and I inhaled what little air that I could, screaming and crying. She started slapping her hand back all over my mouth and nose. She did this for at least seven or eight times. Hell, maybe even more. All I can remember is everything all around me slowly fading to black again and again and again. She actually started laughing because my eyes at this point were so uncontrollably rolling. She then slammed me to the floor, telling me to stop being so dramatic. Then she started shouting at me some more. Get the hell up! Go to your room! And don't you dare come out until I say so! She then kicked me in the ass so hard when I started to run up the stairs that it knocked the air right out of me. But I was still so mortified that I just kept running all the way to my room. When I got to my room, I was gasping for air while on the ground, non-stop crying. Later that night, I could smell from my room that she had made something good for dinner, but I didn't dare leave my room. Lennon then called Gina and Michael down for dinner my brother and sister, but never once called my name. I later on heard my father get home, and I heard him ask where I was at, with Lynn replying with, Oh, she's sick, and she's already sleeping. She didn't want any dinner. I just slowly got in bed and cried myself to sleep. My father never even bothered to come say goodnight to me or check on me. I felt so empty and alone inside that I just wanted to die. I thought that no one loved me, nor anyone would. 
Gina came in late at night and had a small piece of bread roll for me. She then very quietly went back to her room. I'm honestly very surprised that the beast never ran upstairs to catch her. She must have been asleep. This might not be that scary to some, but as a young child, it was an absolute nightmare for me. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay.